Insects are all around us. Many live right under our noses and are just waiting to be discovered. In spite of their small size, insects are among the most interesting and adaptable creatures on planet Earth. We have close encounters with them every day, whether we realize it or not. To most people, these creatures are just bugs. But to entomologist Dr. Tim Gibb, they are spineless wonders. And he's here to help you look beyond the bug to the fascinating life of the insect. Dr. Tim will see you now. It's tick-tock time. But when I say tick-tock, I'm not referring to a timekeeping device such as a watch or a clock. I'm simply pointing out that spring is the best time to discuss ticks and their potential danger. I want everybody to be forewarned with facts. So now is the best tick-tock time. Most people have had the disagreeable experience at one time or another of finding a tick attached to their skin, or worse, finding them sucking their blood. These are never pleasant experiences, but tick dangers go well beyond just being a nuisance, well beyond being gross or disgusting or unpleasant, well beyond just the mark or the itchy welt that they leave behind. Tick bites are potentially life altering. Ticks transmit several very serious diseases to people as well as pets and other animals and it's important to know how, when, and where ticks occur and how diseases are transmitted so that you can avoid them, prevent them from biting where possible, and deal with them if they do bite. Talking about ticks now will increase your protection and peace of mind. There are several different ticks and many tick-transmitted diseases, but I want to concentrate on one tick that transmits a rapidly rising and particularly insidious disease that everybody should be aware of. The black-legged tick, Exodes scapularis, formerly known as the deer tick, and the contagion is Lyme disease caused by a spirochete bacterium called Borrelia burgdorferi. Recent data from clinical and laboratory diagnoses estimate that Lyme disease infects about 300,000 Americans yearly, although only about half of the cases are medically diagnosed. Lyme disease was first found in America near Lyme, Connecticut in 1975 after medical researchers were alerted to an unusually large number of children from that area who were diagnosed with what appeared to be juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. The researchers discovered that most of the affected children lived and played near wooded areas where ticks were abundant and that the children's first symptoms typically started in the summer months, the height of tick season. Even before developing symptoms of arthritis, many also recalled finding an unusual skin rash near where a tick had bitten them. The investigator's next step was to test the ticks in the area to positively implicate tick involvement. Medical entomologists were called in and they discovered that the smallest of the tick species found there 
which were deer ticks, were indeed infected with bacteria they identified as Borrelia burgdorferi. When that bacterium was transmitted to people, it was indeed responsible for the characteristic arthritis-like symptoms. Additionally, it was found that not only children, but in most anyone who had contact with the woods where the ticks reside. And because of where this study was done, Lyme, Connecticut, the disease was dubbed Lyme disease, much to the chagrin of the town mayor and the town council who could not have been impressed that their city was to be ever associated with this disease. It hardly improved tourism in that area. A flurry of activity began to determine more about the disease, how it was acquired, and ultimately how it could be treated and prevented. To answer these questions, the life cycle of the tick had to be mapped, and this is what they found. Transmission of Lyme disease involves a series of animals in addition to the tick itself. The life cycle of the black-legged tick can be thought of as including three feeding stages in its two-year lifespan, the larva, the nymph, and the adult. And each stage must take one blood meal before it can molt and advance to the next stage. We might call the three feeding events breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even though these meals may occur months or even a year apart. Here is how it works. Breakfast. Eggs hatch in the late summer or fall in moist leaf litter, usually in a shady copse of, of trees. The tiny tick called a larva, which is the size of a pinhead, has only three pairs of legs, but it attaches itself to and sucks the blood of small rodents, and these are usually white-footed mice that happen to live in the area. Mice are the only animals capable of harboring Lyme disease-causing bacteria in large enough concentrations to perpetuate an outbreak, and we call them reservoirs. When the larval tick fills itself with infected blood, it becomes a carrier and is then able to transmit Lyme disease to any subsequent animal that it bites. Lunch. After breakfast, the larva falls off its host and molts into an eight-legged nymph to remain dormant until the early following spring when it becomes active in searching for its next meal or lunch. If the tick was infected during breakfast, it will transmit Lyme disease at lunch. Nymphal ticks climb up to the tips of shrubs and long grasses to patiently wait for the next animal to brush by. For lunch, they target slightly larger animals such as rabbits or raccoons or foxes or coyotes. But the odd human that wanders through the area is also fair game. Vibrations, heat, and carbon dioxide tell the tick when to drop onto an animal. From there, it's just a matter of crawling up the body of the host, finding tender skin to attach to, and began sucking blood. This is the most dangerous time for people because if a tick acquired Lyme disease at breakfast, it will transmit it at lunch. And what makes the nymphal tick especially treacherous 
is that lunchtime lasts all spring and summer, allowing plenty of time to find a person. In addition, nymphs are tiny, only the size of a poppy seed, and therefore easily missed. After lunch, nymphs molt yet again, this time into much bigger sesame seed-sized adult ticks and remain active for the remainder of the fall and winter prior to climbing still larger vegetation where they await even larger animals to pass by. Dinner. Dinner is most commonly provided by white-tailed deer and that's why these were once called deer ticks. Blood proteins in deer are said to be the perfect size and density for the tick to reproduce most efficiently. Deer don't have access to tweezers or even have fingers and thumbs for that matter. Thus, they can't pull the ticks off. So by the end of the summer, they can be literally loaded with ticks. And what this means is that after deer dinner, large numbers of ticks are ready to drop off into the leaf litter and lay up to 2,000 eggs each starting the life cycle all over again. So what are we to learn from the black-legged tick life cycle that will help us prevent Lyme disease? Well, people mostly acquire Lyme disease while walking in or near the woods during the tick's lunchtime, and that is spring or summer. If tick bites can be prevented then, chances of Lyme disease transmission will be reduced. Remember, small tick, but big health impact. Because Lyme disease is caused by a bacterium, it can easily be treated with an antibiotic. Sadly, if left untreated, it can cause permanent arthritis of large joints, cardiovascular problems, meningitis, encephalitis, and cranial nerve damage. It can really shatter lives. But here are 10 tips for individuals who want to enjoy time spent out in nature but not join the ticks lunch group. Number one, be aware of where and when black-legged ticks are active. Number two, discourage ticks from biting by wearing insect repellent, usually containing DEET, especially from May through July. Number three, Permethrin applied to shoes and pants kills or stuns ticks that touch the treated fabric, thus providing additional protection. Number four, circumvent ticks that drop onto shoes from crawling to bare skin by wearing long pants and shirt sleeves and by tucking your pants into your socks. This outfit may raise eyebrows from fashion-conscious friends and neighbors, but if you carry along a golf club or a bag, they'll probably just shrug you off and forget all about it. Five, use veterinary prescribed tick control measures on pets. Six, thoroughly check yourself for ticks when you come in from the outdoors. Remember that ticks may be quite small. Seven, wear light-colored clothing so that the ticks are most obvious to the naked eye. Eight, 
A soapy shower will wash ticks off if they have not already cemented themselves onto your skin. 9. Ticks must be attached for at least 36 hours in order to spread Lyme disease. So remove ticks as soon as possible by pulling them straight out with a pair of tweezers. And finally, number 10. Request a blood test from your doctor if you develop a fever, unusual headaches, fatigue, neck pain, or stiffness in muscles and joints after being in tick-infested areas. A red bullseye-shaped rash at the site of the bite is sometimes diagnostic. Remember, tick breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And these 10 tips to keep you safe from Lyme's disease this spring and summer. Thanks for the TikTok. This has been Dr. Tim with the latest spineless curiosity. Yeah.